do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Brought to you by Payup. Foods, balls, and bad decisions. What's up, guys? Yo, what's happening? Welcome. Who, who is that handsome devil up in the top corner of my screen up there? Ben, you want to do the introductions here? I will do it. It is the one and only Dan Cody. Uh, 2003 All Big 12 defensive end, 2004 All Big 12 defensive end, 2004 All American. Great Dan, player at OU, played in the NFL, Dan Cody. Welcome, Dan. Dan. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, um, you know, the All-America deal, there is, you know, I don't know how they do it now. Uh, there was there was one that was considered, if you got it, you were an All-American, like consensus All-American. There was one that was the same, almost essentially as a consensus All-American. And then there was obviously the consensus All-American being, I guess, the AP and I don't know what the other one is, if there's two or three, but I'm sure that's maybe changed now. But anyway, yeah, for sure, part of that group, thankfully. You know, it's all about the people around you. It's, it's, you know, it sounds like coach speak, but it's truth. I mean, there are obviously going to be some guys out there on some less successful teams that are, you know, going to whatever, get wherever you want to say that, get that award, reach that, get that status, whatever you want to call that. I hate to even use any of those words. But, uh, you, you know, you're not going to be a consensus All-American unless you're on a good team. I can promise you that. Absolutely. Pretty much scary. And got a lot of talent, you, bro. I mean, you're being uh, modest, Dan. He's, yeah. well, he's and you have a, a ton of guy talent, than I am. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not – no, I'm, I guess, you know, as you know, part of – uh, yeah, of course, you're always going to be modest. I think that, uh, you know, it's really about the real, the real truth about how, you know, not necessarily how talented you are, but, you know, I'm just shocked there hasn't been another defensive end come along that hasn't just taken over, you know. Uh, I think that that could, if, you know, there could have been a guy come in two years after me and just lit it on fire. And in fact, the guy that was after me, Jeremy Bill, which he and I didn't play together, but he was on that same defensive line as uh, Gerald McCoy. They played yeah. together. And he actually, for the amount of time played, he had more sacks than I did when I was at OU. If you just looked at the amount of games played, I think he did. I may be wrong on that. Uh, he had like 14 big time, 15 tackles for loss. And so, but after that, there was never, a, there's never really been another DN with a lot of big stats like that but uh we also know we have we run this three-man front deal and have for a long time we don't yeah. you know that's Venable's way I, isn't it well i'm trying to figure that out that's you know i'm like i know it can't be as simple as oh we just need a, a good pass rusher out there and we'd be okay because when I mean, you look at this kid ethan downs um I don't know. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about from uh, Weatherford. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, I mean, big old strong kid. He never gets to rush from the edge. He did a little bit of game or two early on. But that's how he brings all his uh, – his, it looks like to me all his ability to bear is to get out there on the edge and start working some <coughs> – excuse me – some stuff from the edge, you know, so we can get after the quarterback. I mean, that's why we were good – 
you know, when we had those good teams, you know, well, I say that we won in 2000, we couldn't sniff a quarterback. We, <laughs> we, we, we wouldn't know one. We wouldn't know what a quarterback was if it fell in our lap. I'm going to tell you that right now. We, uh, I don't think we had, or we had one in had five sacks, but, uh, you know, we were so good, but it was a different game then too. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, everybody was still running the I formation. A lot of things were a lot more traditional. Yeah. Uh, Eric Crouch won the Heisman the next year, and they were running the wing team. Yeah, uh, just ran all over everybody. Yeah, that's not to say you couldn't do it again. Um, but it's just you're different, not, man. You're right. I mean, the game is just – it's just so much different. And it changed. And that, and that little – you know, Mike Leach makes you realize he really was way ahead of his time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so, Dan, first time I saw you, I was probably in fourth grade, um, and you were a freshman at Colgate. So I went to high school at Allen. You were at Colgate, and Allen was a district game. And I can remember just – I mean, I've been – I've loved the game my entire life and been a student of it my entire life. And I can remember hearing about Dan Cody. I mean, oh, my gosh, this kid, this freshman kid, this freshman kid, he's so good, he's so good, he's so good. So talk a little bit about Colgate – to Ada, how how did that play out? Well, the um, the uh, football something that's really just fell in my lap. You know, I grew up on a um, on a ranch out there north of Highway Three on Highway Seventy Five, and um, on the on the west side of the road there. And my grandpa ran cows. He had cows out there, and a sizable place. You know, then you know we were working about. 500 acres and so you know it wasn't like we were just working daylight to dark but i did grow up working a lot we worked a lot we worked sure. a lot so uh you know sports wasn't something my dad loves sports he's a big time basketball player basketball I always thought was going to be my sport um and uh at colgate you know it was you know moving coming from colgate to ada had nothing had nothing to do with athletics it was you know obviously when you talk about opportunity athletics is part of that when you're talking about any school i mean if you're if you play athletics sure you know if, if you played the guitar then you'd say the same thing if it had a good music UB. program sure exactly exactly and so uh but my mom was a school teacher and uh had been all her life and so at Colgate, it was, it was, we were struggling in football, but, you know, I didn't, you know, as a kid then, uh, you know, it's hard to step back and look at yourself. And of course we didn't have any kind of modern kind of program going on. I mean, I didn't do anything resembling kind of, any kind of footwork. No training, no weights, no well, nothing. Well, weight room. And, and I mean, I think I had more training, maybe Joe Avanzine had started the peewee program down there uh who he he's he played at east central i think he played oklahoma state a little bit and he finished up at east central he started the peewee program that's when it all started for me in the sixth grade uh he it was uh you know like it is now fourth fifth sixth and sixth grade had a separate team and uh that's that's how it all started for me and he you know he had us running through tires old school which is right <laughs> it's a great that's a great drill, you know, as long as, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as you're, uh, you know, 11, 12 years old, because I've, I've had, I've used, we've get those big tires. They've got those big truck tires. Um, 
that they have there in the indoor you oh, know, yeah. people will pull not not so much the big ones like the loaders that pe- loader tires that people flip but like an actual front tire you'd see on a 10 wheeler you know yeah and uh which i hate those they're, they're too <laughs> can't get any speed there's no velocity <laughs> We can, we can get back to training. I can talk all day about training, but uh, yeah, we're going to touch on yeah, that. We, here. Yeah, yeah, we got some yeah. questions about uh, that. So, uh, <laughs> so Ada, you get to Ada, obviously a you know superstar there. Talk a what, little bit about your about your your college recruitment. What who all wanted you to come play, and then how did you how did you end up at OU? Yeah, and, and just just was going to say, you know, my mom got a job at Ada. It was about there was it was just about the the situation in Colgate. The you know that's all about family and the community. It's a great community, but the, what was what was surrounding the school there and around the athletics at the time was just kind of a foul situation. And then yes, being exposed to it, they they developed me, which is yeah. you know back to that here in a minute. That's how I wound up at OU. Talking about recruitment process, of course, you all tell you how naive I was in just a second. But first time I met Craig McBroom, he said, "Hey, this guy had never seen me in his life ever. He didn't even know I existed until I showed up that day." He said, uh, "You're gonna play quarterback your junior year. You're gonna be all state tight end when you leave." And I played true to his word. I played quarterback my junior year, and I was uh, all state tight end when I left. But to start to you know, start answering your part of the question on the recruitment process. I, you know, you get letters at the time. It's all about the snail mail, you know. And oh, so yeah, absolutely. Looking back on it, I, all to anything that I ever got, I think, looking back on it now, because this is just to answer your question, hear me out. To look back on it now, I think anything and everything I ever got in the mail in any capacity was this, you know, postcard, BS. You know, I filled out a lot of stuff or whatever. I'm not saying – that that wasn't part of that school's genuine process. Uh, I went to a couple of ju- junior days. One at, uh, I went to the one in Tulsa, and it wasn't a bad one. But there, you know, I, again, I was you know I played quarterback my junior year. I wasn't on anybody's radar. Uh, people didn't even know I existed, and that's truth. And then I went to OSU and junior day, and Rob Ryan, Rex Ryan's brother, was yeah. ordinary there at the time. And I would have gone to OSU. If they would have offered me that day, I would have gone right then and there because my uncle played there and lettered wow. back that day. And Bob Simmons was the coach. Yeah. And I, I think Rob Ryan, because I, I, I can come, we'll come back to him in a minute, but he wound up being the defensive coordinator at the Raiders when I was at the com, going to the combine and we met, saw each other again. He told me, like, he really liked me. Well, it's crazy. It was another one of those deals he'd never seen me before, there was no tape on me. It was just kind of like the Craig McBroom deal. He he just like saw me. It was like it. And looking back on it, it's crazy. You know, it's kudos coaches that they have that kind of vision that to just one day look at a guy and call it like that. But that's that's kudos to that McBroom name and to that Ryan game name as well. Uh, of course, Rex Ryan was the defensive coordinator at Baltimore when I was anyway. Yeah, I go to my senior year, move to tight end. The first game uh, we were playing Ardmore, and there was. Uh, a couple were from uh, from OU, from Ardmore. They've been offered by OU, and then the recruiting Brian Odom, but the, he hadn't been offered yet. So Mike Stoops was at that game. Of course, again, that was back before the digital media. And, and sure, yeah. There's no huddle. There's no Twitter. There's you know none of that stuff. Man, yeah. we go to Friday night lights for those coaches, bro. Absolutely. And he came and watched that game, and then he walked up to me after the game. He said, "You'll hear from us next week," and they offered me the next Monday. So it wow. went. 
went from never existing anywhere on anybody's radar. And I, hell, I probably never caught his eye. I mean, you would have thought, think, well, maybe he'll get on OU's radar as he, because I wound up having a great year at tight end, you know, yeah. there's always good people around me. Good quarterback told me the ball and a coach, you know, put all that together, most importantly. And so I, 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 Duke was another, there was, Duke was the other school that offered me, and they may have offered me, they like, they offered me at the same time. And I don't uh, know. Cut, was Cutcliffe still at Duke then? Oh, I wouldn't have any idea. Now, I think so. Football Remember, deal, a lap. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, but I growing up out there in that ranch, you know, we might watch the little Cowboys on Sunday, and that was it. And to get that game, I'd be out there in the, it through, my dad be peeking through the, through the door to the garage window, I'll be out there spinning that antenna, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, you know, monetary issues, but just, you know, rural part of the world back then, you know, I mean, <clears throat> most of those people grow up, you know, come on to be in that game, be all Americans and playing the NFL. They eat, live and breathe that shit their whole life, man. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not just a little bit, you know, but yeah. Growing up on that ranch is what was that's the reason I played in the NFL at college and why I train now because everything I do has been anchored on living out there on that ranch and being yeah. independent and not being scared of hard work. Kind of crazy, you got to crave hard work. That's really what it's about. And, uh, I mean, well, I'm telling you, Dan, I you don't uh, hear that story anymore, by the way. You don't no. hear that story now. It's the kid has been known since he was four years old, goes to every camp under the sun, has been groomed his entire life. You don't hear that about the kid that just worked on the farm and ends yeah, up country being an NFL prodigy. Just, yeah. I mean, so, so Dan, I want to know, so, you know, we're, we're switching positions, you know, you got coaches looking at you. At what point did you know, did you know, did you look around and like, you're having a great year. You look around like I can do this shit in college. I can, I can go to college and I can do this. When did you know? You know, I don't think, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm pretty naive about everything. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's like you got like really want to know what the story is. I mean, that's truth. I don't. Oh, man, I was just the best thing I can say is just a kid. I don't think I had any idea at really, you know, even now, I, it's just the reflection on it now that I think it's all settling in. I mean, obviously. When you're out there competing with guys, you know, you're like, okay, I'm a faster or I'm stronger, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to really put into play there. I just, obviously when in it, you know, the game, you go, my coming out party was my junior year against North Texas and then the Alabama game. Absolutely. That, I remember that, it, man, just like it was yesterday. But yeah, you're obviously no, you're like, okay, I'm here, I'm playing. But it wasn't till that time that it meant that it ever really clicked for me as far as play, the just it all coming together as a defensive end. You know, it had you know there was it, in my high school senior year. I mean, obviously knowing you're good uh, and you know playing with guys like Brian and being recruited and playing against other teams with Division One athletes, you you know that. You're there, but uh, when you don't grow up in it, though, I'm just telling you, 
when you don't grow up in it, uh, it's knowing what I know now, it's just like, wow, I do not have a clue. You know, have a clue. <laughs> Which was probably good, Dan. I mean, think about it really. I mean, you had zero pressure on you. You're just, you're just a big dude. You're strong and you love to play the game. I mean, everything well, else just, just didn't matter. Well, but see, let's, let's, let's go back to that though. See, I, I didn't necessarily love to play the game. I love to work hard and I love to play hard. Okay. Oh, I'm not saying I dislike the game. But I, you know, I've certain. I can promise you this: that it was. I think I had a lot of insecurities because I just didn't really knew, know the game. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, anybody could know how to get lined up in high school football, but once I got to that next level, uh, it just was like on such a grand scale. Of course, Ada was a great program. I mean, I'm not that. that there's. I don't want to see her paint a picture like it was this. Well, but it's just different. It's it's well, high school coaching versus scheme by Mike Stoops and Brent Venables, and the and the terminology is different, and and the, the lineups different, and I mean everything we do is different. Well, and they're crazy. <laughs> so 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 is so so the Stoops boys and Venables are they as intense as they are off the field as they are on the field? Yeah, of course. You know, Mike Stoops—they were young. Then. I mean, hell, they were younger than. You know, I mean, Bob, I think it was 37 or eight. Mike's younger than him. So, yeah, man, they were, they were pretty tuned up back then. Uh, it's, it was, I, <laughs> Mike Stoops and Brent Venables have a lot of different personalities uh, outside the, the locker room, the meeting room. Uh, and they're both real approachable. Uh, they really are, and they're really they're really great guys. I think Mike Stoops just maybe comes across as maybe being having a little bit more seriousness by, behind some of that hardcore shit he says, you know, than it just being kind of in the moment. Uh, whereas you know Brent Venables has a much softer side. Now I'm not saying Mike Stoops is malicious or anything like that. Sure, no, I you know, yeah, we get you. Brent, Brent Venables is like that bigger brother. is just a little easier to approach, and he is. Um, so, so who gives the best ass chewing of the three? Who who well, chewed your ass out the best? Mike Stoops ass chewings are just so sometimes just it's like Tasmanian devil. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just talk shit a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a guy can talk shit really good. He talks shit real well. Mike Stoops just gets so damn. Now listen, somebody. He, part of the reason why maybe Mike Stoops doesn't talk shit so good because he ain't in the mood to waste time and effort on talking shit. He wants to get his point across, you know. So I don't want to sit there and say, you know, that's what I'm saying. They both have their own little element. It's different, sure. Yeah, and uh, but both equally intense and and unique, you know. It, it, was an, it was an adjustment. You know, one thing, uh, like I said, you know, Brent Venables could be – uh, is equally intense with you know you know how he's you know how he's using his words and and certainly his tone, but uh, you know you always knew it was left at that. And uh, and Mike Stoops maybe a little bit more of that would linger after the fact again, not because it was a a personal thing, but he's just that serious about winning and most importantly me playing well or anybody yeah. coaching playing well. But I am been always you know all through my time there looking back you know obviously i guess i've been thinking about what would i would always have done different if i was coaching and i'm just as intense as those guys when it comes to my coaching but i, I tell believe them, it. every day 
how much I love them and respect them every day, every yep. day. I'm not saying that I know, I know Brent Minables and all those coaches love and respect me and always have. But I don't think I need, I don't, doesn't bother me. They didn't say it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let them hear a lot because I'm going to be giving her hell between the whistles, you know? And, and, uh, that's, that's, it's been a great, I've had a great response from kids, kids from that. Absolutely. Well, so, and we'll talk more about kind of some of the stuff you're doing here in the community, sure. but man, I'm telling you, I uh, had a chance to coach with Dan, uh, this last fall, uh, with the Ada Wee league and, Man, those kids, they just respond. They love them. I mean, Dan Dan will get in your ass, and he will make you work hard, and then he'll tell you how great of a job you did. So I, I think you got my got a little Venables in you. I mean, I think I might see a little bit of Venables. Well, I listen, you know, I've been co- – I mean, like, just, you know, the people at Colgate are great folks, and I just – my roots are there, and my – everything that, that makes me me is in Cole County. Without question, there's without question. That's that's true, true, true. But uh, you know, was just developed at Ada. But I have been coached by the best in the world as far as football goes. I mean, I had Craven Broom, which he, you know, he's got to be a legendary, yeah, legendary in Oklahoma. Oklahoma Hall of Famer. You got Bob Stoops. He'll be a college Hall of Famer. I think he is already. He is, yeah. Yeah, I was coached by. Uh, uh, Billick Brian Billick won a Super Bowl, and then I was coached by Harbaugh, who he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Ozzy Newsom was the general manager; he is a Hall of Famer. I had a locker between Ray Lewis. You know, he's uh top him Brady. They're one one and one on the best player ever, and uh, and Steve McNair, who has since passed away. You know, I was a tragedy, uh, but that guy you talk about legendary. Uh, in his own, so you're like, then Jerry Schmidt, obviously, the strength coach at OU. Uh, anybody that knows anything about it knows that Schmitty. everybody no. knows Schmidt. We, we, we're gonna have to hear a story here after from coming to Ada at OU, your first or, or your highlight Schmitty story, by the way. We're, at some point in this, we got to get to that. Yeah, I would love to talk. I have a perfect one. I'd love to tell do. it. Let's go get <laughs> to it now. That's perfect. Let's hear it. Well, it may not, you know, listen, it, it may not be the, the beer balls and butter, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, listen, we're, we're all age appropriate. You say whatever you want here. That's right. uh, get after it. And I, the good news is we're so small that no one's listening. I, might not be the action packed thriller that you're after, but my favorite Smitty story is. Um, and I told this to the team when uh, Coach Venables, which I, I mean, I just love that guy. He when they when he first got hired here back, I, I just bumped into him. And, and then Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, and I were best friends in college, and the boys stayed in touch. And we're actually going on a trip together here in two weeks. Uh, Levy and I are, and getting actually getting together with the Vorchek and a bunch of those guys up at Grand That's Lake. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, so it's a funny story. So anyway, uh, I was talking Venables that had me up, you know, to speak to the team. And it was me, Ted, Dusty. And um, I, my funny story, I told them, and I'll tell you the same one, is my senior year, uh, we were played, uh, just played, uh, hell, Priesters after the A&M game, which I know I saw y'all, someone had, was kind of mentioning that earlier. I saw some. On oh, the- yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got we got, we got a question for an A&M game, but go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So after that, that next week, uh, 
Stoots told us that, you know, all our upperclassmen that have been coming in lifting early in the morning, because this is later in the season, they can um, they can come in later in the day and lift. You know, there's kind of a variety of times that most people are in there, you know, 6, you know, 6, 6.30, and then like a 7.40, 7.45 group kind of deal. Or you come out there right before practice, like 1, 1.30. And so I, I, I've been in that early morning group, and so I rolled in there, you know, at that 1 o'clock deal or whatever. And, you know, because just going off what Bob Soups had said, and uh, and I rolled in there, and O. Smitty was just sitting there stewing, you know. And <laughs> I was just so cut off guard, you know. And he was like, you know, so you've been here. And he was delivering it pretty quick. And he's like, you've been here five years, just had the game of your life, and you're going to sit here and roll in at one o'clock, start changing your routine, you know, like, have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> and, and it was it was a real serious, hard conversation. And, you know, it melted me down the Stairmaster. But, I mean, listen, dude, back then, they know why they do this now, but I had to get on the Stairmaster for an hour and a half. <laughs> Before, for an hour and a half and then got sent, you know, make up the lift later in the week and, and sit back over there to meetings and think about that. You're fucking Paul, your senior, fifth year senior, popping your week off. And I've never been disciplined like that. For, by, I've never had to have been disciplined like that ever when I was there. It's at, all because Stoops told you you could come work out later. <laughs> it wasn't even your fault. You know, exactly. But you know what? He didn't pull anybody else aside and say that to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, that I felt, I felt, I felt. Well, and so just, just from what I, you know, I've known you for a few years, Dan, but from what I know, and like you hit it on the head, nail on the head earlier, kids these days, you put them on the Stairmaster for an hour and a half and they're in the transfer portal in about five seconds. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, he, Schmitty knew you and he knew exactly what it took to motivate you and that's he pushed your buttons yeah exactly exactly that's and that's and that's my that's my smitty story that's what smitty is to me um you know that's 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 it for me and it's it always has been i've been baptizing baptizing him in, in his name ever since you know what i'm saying uh but yeah that's that's my smitty story there for you and always will be uh that's uh and, I, and like I said, it's a real privilege that he would, you know, I would be the one that he would pull aside and, and say that too, you know, yeah. especially the more I think about it. And, I, and, you know, this training deal, I know we'll get more to that, but it's been, I just know it's, I'm being on the right path right now because I just randomly bumped into him the other day in Norman. And you're like, wow, you know, it's like just, he, he just, uh, for that to happen, you know, he's like, I don't get starstruck around him. I get, you know, I still get nervous around him. Not like he's about to make me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm like, holy shit, this is him, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a respect thing, you know what I'm saying? It's a respect thing, so. But he's a great guy, just outside of, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always said this, outside of my, no one's had more influence on me in my life than my dad, than Jerry Smith. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So man. you mentioned you mentioned you know being in a locker right next to to Ray Lewis. I mean, I've never heard that. And and you you know you talked about him and Brady kind of being one and one A. So I mean, you're an intense guy. I mean, probably one of the most intense guys I've ever been around. Whenever it's nut cutting time, it's time to get serious. It's time to train. It's time to do these things. How much more of a of an upper level was Ray Lewis than than even where you get? Well, I guess. Um... 
I think part of what uh, he, I think he's, you know, he can just deliver, you know, I might be intense or whatever, but I think the way he can just deliver a message, you know, uh, something about these, this kind of way it can be so calm and intense at the same time. Maybe that's the best way I could describe it. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, just really focused or, you know, just on a, just really just focused with what he's doing there. You know, my intensity might involve some words of, uh, of inspiration or whatever. The <laughs> but this guy, you know, really, I mean, listen, he's just, he's just a really special guy. I, in the three years I was at Baltimore, I, I never heard the guy say a foul word about anybody. In fact, I don't think I ever heard him curse. Uh, and I'm not even joking. Uh, and I'm sure somewhere out there, maybe there is something where he has used foul language, but I, I'm uh, telling you, and he would always kind of chastise guys about it in a really respectful, playful way. Uh, but I, when I spoke, I spoke at McAllister's football banquet in, in January and I, and I talked about just that. I was like, you know, he's the most intense player I was around, the most in, in inspirational player I was around. In the three years I was at Baltimore, I never heard him talk shit on anybody, ever. And that's that's like, you put all that together, you're like, okay. So if you want to set your standard, there you go. Don't say did he, uh Dan, did he practice the same way that he plays? I mean, was it just intensity the whole way? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, even, even uh, then uh, – uh, 2005, six, seven. Of course, he played a lot longer on beyond that when I was there. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of contact with those guys. There obviously was, but I mean, those, you know, those guys, um, you're not, you're not going to have the kind of contact and big hits, obviously, you have in games like you would expect out of him, uh, necessarily, you know, uh, and then. He would always be at practice. Obviously, yes, the way he approached the game was like 100% professionalism, like the standard. More so than, you know, he he would approach the game like a kicker would, you know. I mean, except he's playing linebacker. You know, you'd have that kind of attention to detail, the way a kicker might learn how to kick the ball. But applying that to the physicality and the time it takes to learn to play Mike linebacker in the NFL, you know. Man, uh, I just just Ray Lewis. I mean, you say the name, you know, you, you say the position linebacker, and the first person that comes to mind is Ray Lewis. I mean, that guy. I mean, I think about the brace he had on his arm. You know, his last. I mean, the guy just he just seemed like it was just all gas, no brakes. I mean, he just he. Just well, when you uh, you know, he won. I don't know that when they won in two thousand. I don't think that would he he was already with the Ravens early in the mid nineties probably. But I don't know that'd be a good ninety eight. I think is ninety eight. We'll see that ninety eight or ninety nine draft. Won a Super Bowl in two thousand, so he was there one or two years and then went out on one, retired on one. So that's that's you know that's legendary status. You know that kind of stuff happens to people that are. Or legends, man. That's just the bottom line. And he's a, he's a legend for all the right reasons. I can agree with that. All right, Dan. So you brought up you brought up uh, Ray Lewis, and we've talked about your OU. Who is the most just insane athlete you've ever played with? Just a freak athlete that's like, good lord, just seeing that well, guy on the field is just insane. Well, 
you know, I guess obviously was I spent more time at OU than I did at Baltimore and, you know, at the NFL level, uh, I mean, obviously watching Ray Lewis play firsthand, I mean, is, I mean, what, what is impressive. I mean, that whole defensive unit, uh, that was there and uh Rim Rex Ryan the whole time he Man, was Ed Reed. I mean how good was Ed Reed? Uh he was phenomenal. Yeah. Those together were impressive. I mean really, really impressive. I mean their what was what took their deal to the next level was their ability to advance the ball after a turnover. They scored on defense all the damn time. I mean that would be I, – I bet they're scoring defense. I bet they scored more on defense when Rex Ryan was there. Uh, then I'd like to know in his year how many times they scored on defense, how that would stack up against other D coordinators because I want to assure you it's a lot. And I remember we played when Steve McNair was there his last year. We got a bye, and the Colts got – they played somebody the first round, and then we had them at home. <laughs> yeah, bye was a kiss of death for a long time because the Colts they beat it. Rex Ryan said they're not going to beat us uh, if they don't if they don't score if they don't get in the end zone they can't beat us and they wound up kicking five field goals. Oh shit! They, they kicked five field goals. They won. He was about half fast right, but uh, um, uh, damn, I lost my train of thought on that. Sorry about that. It's okay. But, just that that kind of those defenses that scoring defense the way those guys in lateral that ball after they get it all those that secondary was ridiculous Ed Reed, Chris McAllister, Samari Roll, uh, Corey Ivy who played OU yeah, played at OU was on that and then of course Kelly Gregg up there in those guards for Baltimore yeah. forever OU legend and uh, uh, but anyway uh, yeah I mean so. That that on the NFL level, you know that Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, athleticism obviously was. I mean, as good as anything, I feel like I saw. I mean, we played Michael Vick, but he wasn't in his prime. But he's obviously up there. And then collegiate level, I, I mean, Tommy Harris, when he came in, he I think he was still just seventeen years old when he came in the summer. He came in, and this guy. I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal, his size and his build. You know, he's not terribly, when you see him, a, he is a big guy, no question. But it's just so stacked in the right places as far as this, this dense, you know. I mean, he weighs about 285 or 90. You never kind of really know it. But, hell, he was in there 17 years old, and he was throwing up 365 on incline. He's 17 years old, you know, so. I, I remember I, how I quick he was. You remember, I mean, of course you played, you know, with him, but, I mean, how quick he was. I mean, they put him at that three technique, and, I mean, his hands were just so quick. Well, I mean, those guards had no chance. Oh, hell, he kicked the shit out of our guys all day. Uh, at 17 years old. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And then, of course, Adrian, Adrian Peterson was obviously, um, you know, I mean, you, you almost, he could have said the, NFL broke him at Smith's record, uh, but they wound up kicking a field goal. He, 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 it was like, you know, whatever, first and goal from the seven, but all they needed yes. was a field goal to win it. Yep. And he just needed a handful of yards. He could have broke the record. And that was coming off a torn ACL. Yep. And so I'm like, you know, 
that's that to me that's legendary status right there. You're pretty much one of the best to ever play the game. You know, why not have you know when he you know, he started on that 04 team. You know, I mean, he started as a true freshman on that 04 team, which, oh, like you were saying earlier, I mean, you know, back in the day, you you redshirted. You didn't, there was no, you know, there's no Dan's true got a story here. I'm excited no, about this. Like, I can see. No, no, I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is, he should have won the Heisman that year. He should have. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the biggest thing that everybody said, oh, he rushed for 2,000 yards. Oh, they're playing in the National Championship. But he's a freshman. You know, he's a freshman. He's a freshman. Can't give the Heisman trophy to a freshman. And then, you know, Tebow, of course, breaks that mold. But, I mean, yeah, I agree 100% he should have. Did Tebow okay. get freshman? I thought Johnny did. Didn't Manziel Johnny. get it as a freshman? Oh, real Fuck. Well, no. I don't – here's the deal. I don't know. Manziel gets that shit as a freshman. I'll I don't know. I may be wrong. Bridge tonight, man. No. I may be wrong. Let's Google that up. Hold well, on. We can Google that up. Be, be, that, be that as it may, I, the, exactly. I mean, if you're – if you're a freshman and that close to winning the Heisman or being in that conversation, clearly, obviously, that's that kind of talent that, you know, to answer your question, that that will deliver on that. I mean, those two, I mean, tell me two bigger uh, talent, bigger uh, talents than those two guys that have been at OU, you know? I can't think yeah. of anybody close, you know? I mean, Gerald, crazy. good player and a hall of, be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But, I mean, he's not as imposing and all that as Tommy Harris, you know. Uh, Google confirms Johnny Manziel, the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. That well, was Manziel. Okay. Dan, I, Dan, don't I, jump I, off a bridge. I, don't I, jump I, off the bridge. Hey, it better be uh, deep, uh, deep hole of water underneath it. Uh, <laughs> well, so, I, like I said, man, situational stuff. There was a lot of people, USC, I don't know who won it that year. Maybe it was Leonard or – I think Reggie Bush won it that year. I think. Yeah, I must say, or he, he, or he did. Which, hey, you know what? We we can just. I don't know. Uh, surely, AD was second in the voting since what's his he was back. We can go ahead and give it to AD, I guess, can't we? <laughs> After he got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the recruiting deal. He was living in the house. His agent got him, and that was all took his took his Heisman away. Well, I don't know if they took it away, but. It's got an asterisk beside it because of that, does it not? Or my dream? Yeah, it does. Does. It does. they stripped him of it. You're exactly right. Yeah, he got stripped. Yeah. So I'm surprised they don't. I mean, so there you go. That's the power of Adrian Peterson. The motherfucker will take your Heisman away from you, even if you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, type deal. He'll reach out and grab your throat, bro. That's that's his shit right there. Perfect example. Listen, so I've got a question for you about that USC game. And and if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. If it's if it's so, I was there. I remember it. We we stop USC. We score. We stop them again, and we fumble a punt. Is that correct? Am I the right? Is it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah. that? And I'm not trying to blame it on anybody because stuff happens. Oh, yeah, of course not, man. Yeah, listen, not, before you get, you go. To, I don't give a fuck about winning or losing. I never have. Once I found out. That you can't win them all. I'm like, why do I give a shit? I just know we're going to do everything up to that point. So you ain't going to bother me about any of that. So go ahead. I just, I, I mean, I felt like we had the momentum and it, it flipped on that play. Now, they were insanely talented. So that play doesn't happen. Does that play game play out any different or are they just more talented than we were? Oh, sorry. I just used we. AJ told me I wasn't allowed to use we. No, it's fine. They, it's fine. <laughs> I, I won't gatekeep we. I'm it's a, fine. I'm a diehard. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was it was one of those deals. It was just meant to be. I mean, it's such a 
you know, if you want to talk about like some play in the LSU game, man, uh, oh, I could never talk about that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that USC, yeah, they were more talented than us, but I'm like, we never, we never had a chance. Uh, like you said, it's like one of those. It's like this, you know. We got there uh, probably a day, maybe two days before USC, and we're off the bus, full pads. Scrimmage and we were tackling Adrian Peterson in scrimmages, bro. That's how ridiculous things were. And they were just trying to recreate the 2000. Well, I shouldn't say that like so candidly like that, but it seemed to me we were trying to recreate the 2000 Orange Bowl deal. And it was a different time, a different game. I mean, you see USC, we're back at the lounge eating or whatever, and USC's out there in just you know shorts and and helmets and you know this just real straight up southern california approach to it and i'm like you know uh we get to the game and get our shit pushed in i'm like you know we came here to get ready for the game and they came there to play the game and that's what i feel like happened that year so dan you talked about you talked about you know not really caring about winning or losing and, and you know you realize you can't win them all these guys know it. I mean, I, I say it all the time. I absolutely hate Pete Carroll. I mean, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him, and I think, I think it goes back to hey, that UFC game, I hate Pete Carroll. Hate him. Yeah, good for you. Join the club. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, <laughs> we all to figure out who hates him the most right now. Is that what's going on? Well, I mean, so what? Did, what? Did, what did you think about him? I mean, did you did you care for him much? I mean, obviously they probably didn't recruit you, but. Did I mean? Did do you think he made that much of a difference, or was that team just? That- yeah, it's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, man. He had this professional approach to it. You know what I'm saying? Like we went there, this fucking old school two a days. We're going to tackle Adrian Peterson. I mean, what if we fucking broke his ankle or something in practice? I mean, that's ridiculous. What were we thinking? So we're all wrapped up in in practice stuff and. And like I said, getting ready for the game. And they were there to play that damn thing. I'm just telling you that right now. And or that's how I feel about it. And I'm not saying that was the difference. I'm just telling you that's what happened. You know, I'm not telling you that maybe there was, we could have done exactly what we did and just called maybe the punt, the must punt was the difference. It's just too easy to point the finger at that. Could that have gone different either way? I'm like, I don't think so. I just think there was such a bunch of difference in the score. And the approaches to the game, it was just meant to be. I don't think we were we were kind of like TCU, you know. They kind of bumped, not like not their story the same as ours, but kind of one of those deals. Their situation, they just blown their wad by the time they got there. There's too many come from behind. Yeah, Georgia was a hell of a lot more talented and, and all that shit. But if they got that real deal competitive TCU team. Uh, yeah, without all that other shit going on with it, yeah, maybe you get a game out of it, but it was meant to be. TCU blowing its wad trying to get there, you know what I mean? So I want to talk about modern-day college football for a second. So obviously the way that programs are ran now versus back in the day, very different. But the biggest difference is probably NIL, name, image, likeness. Players getting paid to play football at the collegiate level. What do you think about NIL, Dan? I think that your perfect example is um, that I'll use as to why 
I guess I'm not saying that I'm pro or against, but why I think it should exist, I guess, and it's for if you were like, okay, well, here's, I'm not going to put a number. If you're going to measure something, not in terms of value, but like here, here's why. Here's two things is why that needs to come together. That's why it should be. Spencer Rattler, um, that year coming into that year, he was going to be the Heisman hopeful. Uh, he had, you know, got made a lot off the nil, the NIL, as we call it here, you know, whatever, you know, caught a lot of flack over that. Then he went on to be benched and then they put, you know, rest is kind of history, so to speak. However, his, his play in that year before that, that, got us to that point that got him to the point to get the notoriety of the Heisman being the Heisman hopeful, you know, I'll guarantee you, it got oh, bumped OU up in the rankings. Obviously, you know, there's monetary value in that, that he, that he brought, that he brought there, you know, and, and brought to that whole deal, even though that he was wound up being benched and that's where I'll tie into the next deal. But why the portal needs to exist. He did all that shit, did all that, got him to that spot, at least got him that that start for the other quarterback. There's always the other pieces at play. He did all that, and then just be able to go, be set to the bench, stuck on the team for the guy you just got benched for. That's just not right. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's just, you know, again, I just think he should have options and not shouldn't be penalized a year for wanting to go somewhere else and do whatever the hell it is he's going to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's, but that all makes sense. So I hope that kind of goes. No, it does. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So now, well, what so is, now if now hold on, Benny. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's go back to Dan Cody's days at OU. If NIL had been a thing back then, what would your merchandise line have been called? <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't. Even, oh, you know what? I, it's easy to say it's now, but this next level thing that I've gone with my training deal. Um, it's easy to say it now, but that's what I would call it. With no question, or try try next level into it somehow. That's fair that, enough. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, see. I we see all, Dan we all Cody can't just... be we all can't be lucky enough to be named General Booty and be able to have a merch line based <laughs> upon that, right? So, no, next well, level is pretty legit. That's that's my problem with the nil is because of people doing stupid shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, go on. Tell us how you yeah. really feel about it, Dan. Let's hear it, baby. Though. For the regulations, you start like, listen, you can't go out there and name your shit that and sell it. <laughs> I mean, I see, I see, like Dan Cody being like nil by Orslands, like Orslands Farm and Ranch presents Dan <laughs> Tra- Cody Tractor Supply Company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's actually, I know, that's kind of hard to put a finger on. I've always been. Uh, pretty spartan about things i mean i don't have any fashion sense and uh you know for the longest time you know all i wanted was uh you know a good pair of cleats and a good fishing pole you know and i was good to go but um yeah i don't know i i, I was when i was in college man I, I still now you see how i don't have an email or facebook or yeah. Instagram. no no social it, media it, it, no it was tough to get a hold a of you phone yeah well i thought the whole deal was about to blow up in her face I, Holy shit! I, I think we may have smoke <laughs> <folk> signals. But yeah, I've always just been so removed from that. Not that I, um, 
You know, I don't know why I've always been that way. I guess part of it is it's part vanity and part insecurity. You know, I'm like, I got to stay away from it because I don't want to spend my all my day looking at my shit or posting about my own shit so people can look at my shit. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> fuck with it. You know what I mean? Well, that's now, 100%. I'm going to tell you right now, if I didn't live in a small town like this where people knew me and, and all that, it would be impossible to have any kind of training thing going on, you know, without it. Uh, and it is a great platform to do things with life and I respect the hell out of it but I'm saying my vanity would get in the way of using it like a, a person or like a appropriately you know what I'm saying <laughs> that they're looking at my own stuff too much you know but no, that, that's I mean that that's perfect I mean that it, it fits and and like you said I mean there's you you say the name Dan Cody anywhere near Pontotoc County and everybody or Cole County for that matter and everybody Everybody knows you. This is perfect segue, Dan. So talk about tell us what you're doing with the with the next level training, how you're involved with Ada Schools, some of the stuff that you're doing. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the uh the it all started a couple of years ago. This uh this mutual friend of Forrest Maisie, uh there's a coach over at McAllister that we all grew up together with there in Colgate. His son, Justin McKinney's his name, Jackson McKinney is the boy's name he asked me to start working with him and you know that's that's how it all started uh was because of of him uh and i've always i knew as soon as i finished playing at baltimore i knew i could be a good coach not necessarily strength conditioning coach i feel like i could be a good coach in anything uh um and and i do i do hell i do now man i mean i love coaching kids uh but I was just didn't want to start over. I'm like, there's no, I'm just three years out this deal, and I'm about to go in here and start breaking down tape for the same guys. And it's like I want to feel like I haven't done anything with my life. And thank goodness that my my dad it was able to help me out. We ran together, did a lot of great things together, and he would help me out, get my feet back on the ground. But uh, when when Jackson at Justin asked me to start training his son, it opened that door up for me again, and it just kind of clicked. Uh, and and not, doing nothing really, anything special other than kind of training him, picking up kids here and there. And then um, for this will be my third summer up at the school. That's how it all started with me. I was working with some of the younger kids there, like sixth graders, uh, during for summer pride, and then it went from there to actually helping at the school for the last three semesters and then working really close with coach Jennings the last two semesters and it's been a fantastic experience i'm like this is why you know i always i i didn't necessarily think i was ready to coach at the division one level but when i first kind of started doing it i was really anxious to to try to get on at OU because I just thought that that's where i'd have the most impact but i was way way wrong on that uh, yes, I could help a, you might, whatever you want to call it, a higher end or maybe a higher performance athlete, but you get so much access to kids that, you know, you, that you can help just kind of create this foundation of, all right, this is what it means to give a shit about something and be a part of something and care about yourself and love life man you know what i'm saying i'm always telling them three things are you healthy are you happy are you safe because unless you check those three boxes we can't get through any of the rest of this done you know and so 
Schnoss to be able to kind of hit him with a little bit of my philosophy that I can promise you some 20-year-old defensive end at the end of the workout don't want to hear a bunch of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I slap a guy in the face. He's trying to hit me with that. <laughs> Would you take a shot at Smitty, Dan? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. No, no, no. Still, no. <laughs> <laughs> that get my heart. Still get racing when I get around him. Like <laughs> but yeah, that. So the being at the school has been fantastic. We're working directly with the football team last summer. I'm not going. I'm going to go back to the junior high. Um, this summer and I need because we have some guys trans younger kids transferring here to Ada. I think they want to be part of the football program and I want to make sure that that's a priority uh, because I have worked with the kids in the peewee program. I know parents really want to consider bringing their kids here, but there's, you know, we, we can't do, I can't, I can't let them do that on when it's at all whimsy, all, all whimsical, you know what I'm saying? I want to make sure they get there we got something resembling a program because it's just a little kind of you know been we've had a bunch of coaching changes and whatnot so we need to need some stability uh, man yeah there you go and listen that you, you're never going to be working shit in high school if you're not it's obviously it's developing your junior high deal now we got this peewee deal going Kids, and I don't want to use it as a platform to get kids from other schools to go to Ada. That is the exact last thing I even want to think about promoting. However, if kids are somewhere and want to play football, and then I, and Ada is the place that has it, then I want to pro provide a product, you know. Like, here you go. I got this for you if this is what you want to do. And I'll make sure I'll see it through, and at least at the bare minimum, until we get a coach in there that's going to develop the junior high program, that, that that's going to happen for well, sure. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll talk about this. I mean, Dan, like I said, you know, he and I coached this, uh, helped coach, uh, you know, Josh Jennings helped us, uh, helped coach that that Pee Wee League. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, my son goes to Bing. Everybody knows Landry goes to Bing, and you know, never played football before, but loved it. Um, played this this last fall, and. Um, you know, I mean, Dan has made an, an, a tremendous impact on on Landry. And then, you know, Dan ends up putting together a basketball team and coaches it. I mean, and it just, you know, I'm telling you right now, if if, if Dan tells Landry to get out and do, you know, uh, an hour and a half on the Stairmaster, I mean, he's going to he's going to jump on there and do it, too. I mean, he just then you just have a great way of of of, of motivating kids. And, and it's just man, it's phenomenal to be a part of it, it really is. Well, that's man. I, listen, I'm, I'm humbled. Uh, you say, man, I'm, I'm not joking. You know, obviously, number one. I mean, you got kids like Landry that buy into that. You know, that's that's you know the first line of thing. You got to have, you know, that's a lot of people want to say, oh, kids these days. Now, I agree. Uh, I am a kids these days, but also no one's showing them a damn thing. I can assure you. That's why my people are like all i have the impact you might say or the kids i work with have the gains they do is because they've never been shown what this is all about now obviously being where i've been seeing where i've been if i can't bring the best out of kids then i ain't worth a shit about you know i mean christ almighty i better be good at it and like i said the one thing i am kind of proud of is i put my own little twist on it 
about, uh, you know, making these kids, making sure they feel like, you know, uh, just that they're good. Bottom line is that they're good, you know, and they're going to get held accountable. But as long as they work their ass off and have a good attitude about it, then we're good to go. That's the what did you say earlier? What's your three things? Tell us your three things again. Oh, man, no, no, I may not remember. <laughs> well, 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 we you, said, you said practice, work hard, be safe, and then what was the other one? Um, well, Shit, we'll play it back. It was, are you happy? It. Are you healthy? Are yeah, you are you happy? Are you healthy? That's right. Are you safe? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chatty, uh, Chatty that, that, that down, that, man. That, listen, that, listen, that, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's, and, I, and honestly, I, I probably use that more with my girls that I coach, which has been just so awesome. It's just so, such a, a different deal in a great way. You know, girls are really unique and it's, I, I want to show them the same what a male role model looks like too. But, um, but yeah, that's exactly these kids confidence. You know, I don't think that a kid's confidence is really threatened that much about having a good home life or being safe, but I do think about that their happiness is a little bit at stake sometimes, or maybe car, part of what's causing all that, um, you know, that lack of confidence or whatever it is. And that's, and I think because I've dealt with those insecurities, maybe a lot more than I ever realized, you know, and that's why I'm real motivated to make sure that we get that shit squashed so we can do big things with our life, you know? It's awesome. Great words, man. Well, so, so we've had Dan for, for 55 minutes, 58 minutes, Dan, are you good to stay? We've got about, you're going to have to come back again because we've got about three pages worth of questions. <laughs> or well, do you guys want to just make this a, a, a marathon show and we just hang out? I, I think it's a perfect little spot. It's like, uh, I'm sure you guys are Seinfeld fans. Oh yeah. Uh, and you find great. You know, but there's, Sorry, there's uh, two of us are Seinfeld fans. One of I've us never seen not. one single episode, Dan. He can, for, you can chastise me for it. I've never yeah, seen I'll, an episode. Like, yeah, I was just want to. I love. Yeah, I would. I, I only say bring that up just so you can know the reference. But it, even if you don't know the show, uh, you you'll still get it. But he, Costanza, uh, you probably at least know who George Costanza is, don't you? On the show, uh, yeah, the crazy haired guy was he the guy? Uh, that's hair? Jesus H Christ, Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping but, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Benny. <laughs> For God's sake. Stanza, he uh, he said he's always gonna go out on the high note. So every time if he says something, grass <laughs> off or likes a story, he's like, all right, we're gonna go out on a high note. You know, he'll just like leave the room. You know, so everybody's left feeling really good about him. You know, and so I, right. just, and, and I, I got the high the note part, question in. Yeah, yeah I just, chatty a and We got to know the story. Ask okay, I, so I got two high note questions in. One. Tell us about so this has got to be the under the bad decisions thing I would think. What happened at A and M? So I had never heard of this. I put it on a well, website. The decision deal. I, you know that was going to be a tough question. I, you know, I was I was wondering about that. Not to say, <laughs> I haven't made bad decisions, but man, when you're, I don't know. I think that's the poor quarterbacks are kind of left up to them to make the bad decisions. Defensive <laughs> <laughs> lineman, you just go right. Just yeah, the you pass, don't know. That's it. You're an autopilot, but not to take, go ahead, not take away from Ask you so the AM. The AM. So there's a video of you getting jacked up right before the game, hyped up, so hyped up you pass out. Is that so what happened? Like what and I don't remember this 
at all. Like I have no memory and I watched every game. Yeah, so well, it happened between the third and fourth quarters. Uh and I, you know, I don't know how many people yeah, I think you kind of had to really be I think they talked about it a little bit like right when it first came back from commercial break. But you know, like you know, you don't have DVR or anything. So like most people probably didn't even notice it at the time. Yeah. But uh it was nothing more than, you know, how you really get going. And if you just keep yelling and don't breathe, you just, you pass out. And I think it actually incidentally had happened to the Duke coach, coach K like earlier that week, I think it happened to him during a game. That's right. When college basketball would have been starting, you know, there in November. And I think that's when we played them. So it it it, it kind of it just happened to him. It's it's obviously it goes to show that it's not not uncommon. And then then that after that we went out that series. They would I guess we switched into the fields and they A uh, and M went down line option my side of the field, which I've been playing right in, been their left. And uh, the tackle had me dead to rights. It, he had my ass whooped, but I just. I just got real skinny and just, I mean, he, he reached me too quick, too good, too fast. And I just, I just got between him and the guard. And then I had a really just a hard collision with the quarterback. It was like one of those deals. I, I like got sideways, you know, get skinny as they say between them. And then I just like, it was just the football gods shining upon you kind of deal. I just got skinny and then boom, there was a quarterback because they were running down the option right at me. And so they're coming at me. They've got me reached, but because I got skinny, overreached me. I was just right there waiting on that quarterback. And I think that maybe there was just being amped up, some residual from that. I kind of went back down there again, and uh, I came out the game. They took my helmet for a little bit, but I, I was good. I mean, you know, I, you know, you know. Listen, who you, listen? All that stuff that happens. You wouldn't it, play for two weeks now. Up. It's, the whole safety deal is going to be a whole other conversation. We'll save that. Yeah, we'll save that for but next time. You bet. Anyway, that, that's what all went down there. But was they, it was the most fun. Here's the high note part. We, we were down 21 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, that, that that That's why this is the funnest game I've ever played in my life. We're at A&M now. Of course, we beat them 77 nothing the year before. So you're like, well, how good are these bozos? But. Uh, McNeil, Reggie McNeil was the quarterback. I, I knocked him out the game with the rib shot, like second quarter. So we were playing the backup quarterback. Man, I was just like that. With the, with, here's the high note part. And I got to sign off, man. I got to get. Uh, and I want to do more with you guys. It's been hella fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the coaches down there in the media said, I played like I was killing snakes. What? <laughs> 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 Cold-blooded shit right there. That's exactly what was happening, man. I'll snake charm. Ice back. cold, That's man. awesome. Ice yeah. cold. Oh, I but can't man, wait to have you back, man. Yeah, that was that was great, man. Yeah, you put it together. Let me know. We'll, we'll do some more, man. I'll be available. Man, Sounds good. listen, man, We I, I know an hour out of your day is 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 very valuable. And, I mean, I can't tell you how much we appreciate <laughs> it. Parents, I'm back here in their bedroom. You know, I'm like Will, <laughs> I'm like Will Smith in uh, Wedding Crashers. You know, the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go get, my mom, go get the meatloaf in here. Hey, man. hey, Mama Cody, she's welcome anytime too. So, all right, man, I got you, dog. I enjoy it, fellas. Let's stay in touch. Hey, man, thank, thank you, you brother. Appreciate right. you, Stan. You See you, man. Right. Yeah. That was um, awesome. 
man, he's just, so good. Is he not? I'm going to tell you right now. I could, I, I got caught up in the moment and forgot to talk because I was just listening to it. You were fangirling. I could oh, tell. I fangirled. I got a whole list of questions here we didn't even get to. Like, <laughs> get I mean, I'm just listening. I mean, I'm just listening. I yeah. wanted to ask – so we got to have you on closer to football season because I want to ask about the direction of the program. I want to ask yeah. about whether the former coach leaving and, and bringing Venables in is a, going into the SEC was the right thing. I, I have so many things I want to ask you. Um, but I, I couldn't focus because he was so much fun to listen to. I absolutely loved it. It was, it was a great time. Great time. Great time. Uh, is there anything else we need to cover? Man, uh, I had all- on the big board for today. This game's already started. Warriors plus three. We'll put that on the uh, the bad decisions. the bad decisions. I hate gambling on the NF or on the NBA. Why are you gambling on the NBA? I don't know yeah, because I'm a degenerate. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to pick a side. Pick a side and let's roll with it. See what happens. Warriors okay. plus three tonight. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. What was the um, we got a PayPal bet right or pay up bet PayPal? We got yeah, a pay up we're, bet. We're, we're tabling that for the next one. Uh, it's the Will Levis bet though. Just to remind yeah, everybody what's going on. We're it's still, the Will Levis bet. We we me and Benny shit the bet on that. We'll get it done. Well, we started hashing it out, and then we talked about it more today. And it's one of those things where I'm probably right, and I'm like 99 right. So it's just finding some terms that I can get Anthony to agree to, so I can take his money. I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. what it boils down to. Mm. Chatty, we've got some uh, programming notes, right? We are we are off next week. We are off right. next week. A couple of us are going to Cancun. I am not part of the couple of us going to Cancun. Who would that um, be, Tony? No, you and I. But we're not going together because you're a shit ass. But can we put that in the payup? Chances that Benny ends up in a Mexican jail. Can well, he, it won't there? happen because he's not leaving the resort. No, I'm, no, I'm there, not. There's, there's no bet. He won't private leave transfer resort. straight no to bet. the resort, private transfer back. It's not happening. He, co- he won't come to dinner in the most poshest gym. place in Cancun. Like, posh hey, I'll, so I'll tell you most a bad posh. decision. During, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a bad decision. Cancun, bad decision. Went on my honeymoon there. I got in a freaking Volkswagen buggy and went on a tour of Cosmel. I drove in Cosmel with no license. Yeah, we did that too. I, my, my tour guide ran a red light. I run the red light. The guy pulls me <laughs> over and he's like, hey, man, what, what's going on here? Like, why are you running these red lights? Like, we're going to take you to jail. I mean, I straight up, I'm 21 years old. Bullshit. You're taking me to the American embassy. That's where you're taking me. I'm not going to a Mexican jail. <laughs> and then our tour guide turns around and, you know, they they speak for a minute and basically ends up, you know, don't, don't mess with my business. But, I mean, what a bad decision that was. We did the same thing. We did the Jeep tour and we get over there and and I was like, Jenny, you're driving. I'm not driving this fucking Jeep around Gosmail. <laughs> and sure enough, she drove the entire time. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recommend driving in a Ford. I tell you, my, real quickly, my bad decision. We go to Jamaica, right? And this is pre-kids and, and Jenny Lee will, will talk anybody down on anything. And don't use the word, Ben. I can hear you now wanting to say it. Uh, I can hear it in my head. So we're in, we're in, we're in Ocho Rios, Jamaica, and which is Race already spot. kind of a rough town. And it's beautiful. I had, we had a blast. River she, falls. Yeah. She, Oh yeah. We climbed the falls. She, um, we go down, there's this flea market and we probably walked 500 yards under a blue tarp that you can't see the street. And she is back there wheeling and dealing with people. I was like, for the love of God, Jenny, pay the $20. Let's get the hell out of here right <laughs> now. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? All to say $5 on a wooden something that's on the TV somewhere. 
Um, it's good stuff. Okay, so, so nothing next week. We'll be back. In a, um, we might be back. I have the the race on the 21st. So depending on how I feel on the 22nd, we may be Speaking taking a Speaking of bad decisions, tire. Iron what, – what do they call it? Iron I'm doing what? a half Ironman. Half Iron a half Man. Ironman. Yeah, so he's not even a full point. Ironman. He's just a half Ironman. I'm a half I Ironman. Talk, I can do a whole segment on Chatty's competitive exercising. So we'll save that. Oh, app. We'll save that for post race. How about I'm that? So hey, why don't we get Dan to train you? Hey, I'm gonna tell you what. The entire time he was talking, I was like, "How do I get my kids to Ada?" Like, so here, is he, so here's is the he deal. in Ada is, or is he in Colgate? No, he's at Ada, and okay. this is this is 100 true. So when I what I said about Landry is 100 true. Kenley and her softball team. She Kenley is has has been to practice. She's been to games. She's seen Dan on the sideline. She's seen Dan. I mean, she's she's been around Dan enough coaching that she knows kind of how he is. And so her softball team, whenever they start slacking or they start, you know, getting to where they're not doing what they – that's the first – I'm going to threaten them with Dan Cody. I say, you, you want me to call Coach Dan and have him come run practice? I mean, it's just – I told her that tonight. I said, I said Dan's going to be on the podcast tonight. And, I mean, her eyes get this big. And I said, yeah, and we're going to talk about him coming coaching your softball team. And she, no, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, it's just he's, – he's intense. But, I mean, you know – he talked a lot about Ray Lewis kind of being that level intensity. And that's exactly how Dan is with, with his program and with his kids. I mean, it's just, he'll come and, you know, he used to close out conditioning for us at, at football practice. He'd come and run them and do some sort of ab circuit. And I mean, those kids just respond to what he is saying. It's just, um, it's just a gift. I mean, I really believe it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a gift and, and he's doing a great job. So was he, AJ, well, I don't know. Is he like Coop? Does he is he training all ages, or is he like doing one offs, or is it just teams? Like, is he just doing teams? No, I mean he. So he does some stuff at a couple local gyms. Has holds some workout classes. Uh, you know, he mentioned the the McKinney kid. That kid, I think he's going to be in eighth grade. Uh, but I mean, if if things continue, you know, who knows what a thirteen year old kid is going to turn out to be? But that kid has the skills. I tell you um, what, the Hitch Clan may be up there. Yeah, come on. We may be. On, we may be man. dropping my four off and saying, "Get these kids in shape." They, he can do it. He can absolutely do it. He runs the summer pride workouts. You know, they do, um, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays nights, something like that. I mean, he does summer pride, but well, I, I mean, I agree guys. I mean, we got to get him back on. I've got, you know, so I got, I got back, I got through about not even a third of my questions that I had written down and sent to him, but you know, definitely appreciate Dan coming on and uh, absolutely just, just awesome. And, and we look forward to having him on again. So. And I would say follow him on social media, but he's not there. Nothing. So. He has nothing. You know what's right. cool though? I mean, it was last thing. I promise, and we'll You're get fine. out of here. But um, how cool was it that he talked about kind of the social media aspect of it, and you know, one to keep him humble, and two to not be on there talking about what I'm doing all the time. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool perspective. Yeah, I it mean, really there's a lot was. of lot of. I mean, I think of you know just tons of athletes that have played and, and continue to play. They can't wait to get their opinion out there because they they think it holds so much water. And Dan was just like, ah. You know, I mean, yeah, I well, mean, how much time do we spend uh, making fun of those fools for thinking that their opinion matters, right? Yeah. It, and here's the deal: we we have a podcast. We, we you know we we tweet about it constantly, and to get people here, to get people to, to see it and to watch it. But he is like, and he has something a commodity that that he could put out there everywhere. But he's really just letting his body of work. I mean, like, yep, absolutely. I, I mean, you want to train with the best, you find Dan Cody, figure out how to get a hold of him. If you want to get That's a hold right. of him bad enough, you will. So That's right. All right. So Very cool. Great, real quickly, great time, guys. Follow AJ Thompson. AJ, what's your Twitter handle? At Booze and Balls. 
At Booze and Balls. Benny, what's your Twitter? You got yours on the screen. Got Benjamin mine on Lewis the screen. King. Give us a follow. We're going we're gonna to do some great things uh, for those of you guys that are still on, still listening. We've got, got some great guests lined up. We've got some crazy emails out to some folks that we think are going to come on. And so I hope so. Um, we, we may have, we're, we're, we're we have, have a show. we may have a professional pianist on. That's soon. true. A, a professional what? Say that again. Professional, a professional pianist. We have three of those every week. Um, pianist, as in pianist, yes. Or, let's go with organist. No, let's try pianist. organist. Pianist, say pianist. Pianist. It's a hard pianist. one to say. One that plays pianist. piano. It's kind of like Shinola. Follow me, Chad H six one zero. I'm going to find the little thing here to play us out of here. No, oh, hold on, but, uh, Bru- Brucey. If you're still on, if you're still awake, uh, yes, shit? your question made chicken shit. Yes, your uh, your question made the cut. We'll get to it next. What time. did he okay. say? I got all the new stuff. I didn't hit any of them. <laughs> you, get, you hit Dan Cody with a chicken shit, there's going to be problems. <laughs> I was not. I kind of had the same reaction he had around Schmitty. I was like, I don't, I'm not messing with this. Guy. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that means, yeah, you still do it. So you heard me. I apologize for my question about USC. I was like, listen, if you don't want to answer it, I understand. <laughs> I know, that's great. Dude, I remember being in, and I know, I know, AJ, you got to go, but I remember watching that game and just thinking we were just as good a team. Was and it JT? It, I think it was JT Thatcher that fumbled. Was it JT Thatcher? I just sure. I think it was Jarrell Jackson. Yes, you're right. You're um, right. I think it JT was right Thatcher in front of us. We I, Jenny Lee and I sat in that yep. end zone right where it happened. Gosh, we stayed at the Fountain Blue. Uh, I remember so we bad, stayed there man. in 2000 and, and in that year. So, um, so anyway, bad. oh well. All right. Until next week, guys. Two weeks. We will, two weeks from today, we're live. Two again, weeks. Sorry. So. Two weeks from today. Hopefully, two weeks from today, we'll yep. see how I'm walking around. <laughs> see you, All right. see you guys. See you, fellas.